What's up, everyone, and welcome into a quick hit episode of Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. You know, we had the perfect opportunity here. I mean, it's a crazy schedule for the avalanche, Arif. Of course, I'm JJ. He's Arif. We're here to talk a little bit of Avs hockey here for you midweek, but... We're not going to get into the typical game breakdown. You know, we're going to save that for our Sunday podcast, especially with the uh, upcoming schedule here. We got a uh, we got a Wednesday night, a Thursday night, and then a Saturday night. So we'll break all those down in depth on Sunday. But until then, we got a couple other things to touch on and catch up with the news here regarding the Avalanche. So, Arif, let's get into it. First off, congratulations to Nazem Kadri for getting in, last man in in the All-Star game. Not only congratulations to him, but congratulations to Avs fans everywhere who helped vote him into the All-Star game, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's the biggest thing with me with Nazem Kadri getting in on the last man in vote is if you remember when when we talked about it last time, I said there's no way he doesn't make it because there was no way he doesn't make it. It's simply this. The Avalanche are not a big market team in the NHL in the grand scheme of things. You know, whenever you have these all-star votes, like if you remember when the all-star starting lineup used to be the votes, it used to be loaded with Montreal Canadiens and Pittsburgh Penguins and all these kind of guys and Alex Ovechkin and whatever. So Nathan McKinnon's got popularity and Kel McCarr's got popularity, but that's basically it. But what we saw a couple years ago or three years ago now was Gabe Landeskog was voted last man. And that was impressive because that's a low market team. That's the captain. That's like the fourth biggest star on this team. If you want to include Miko Rantan into that bunch, that was an impressive accomplishment. Nazem Kadri, it was no question. It was absolutely no question. He is the talk of the NHL. He used to play for Toronto, which, you know, big market biggest market in the NHL and uh, he's very very like nationally known and internationally known in the NHL especially for what he's doing this year so there was no question in my mind that he was going to win it and if you look at the voting for what for what came through for the central division Nazem had more than double the amount of votes as second place in the central division there was absolutely no way he wasn't going to get voted in it was it was clear as day to me and obviously Avalanche fans played a huge part in that but everybody played a huge part in that. There was no way in my mind that Nazem Kadri was not going to get voted in, and the voting totals show that. Right. Justice has been served, right? I mean, it was it's kind of tough for you know whoever does select the All-Stars to throw Nazem Kadri in there because, of course, you got Kale McCarr just straight up deserving an All-Star appearance this year with the way he's playing. Nathan McKinnon is just the face of the franchise and really an international icon here, right? I mean, One of the faces of the NHL, let, let's put it that way. The faces of the NHL, that's a great way to put it. And you know people in Canada are just obsessed with him, so he had to go in. He went even the year where he was saying, why do we even have an Avalanche player in this? He was still there because of that reason. So they had to put him in the—they uh, had to put Nas in the vote in, but I think everybody right away expected him to get voted in because people are noticing how great he's playing this year. I mean, I've heard it all over all of the networks and all over Canada, right? They're talking about Nazem Kadri and really kind of in a remorseful way, man. If only he could have done this stuff with Toronto, right? If only could have, he could have done this stuff staying in Canada. But now he's doing it with Colorado and he's still getting the acknowledgement he deserves here. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that Justice was served. You know, and there's a lot of takes out there of Nazem needs to prove that he can play one playoff without getting suspended. And I know this sounds stupid to say it. There was a take I heard today. It was he needs to play a playoff without getting suspended and produce. And I know it sounds stupid to pick out one year out of the last four, but 
That's literally what he did in 2020, is it not? He went into the bubble. He, from the very first game, that game against St. Louis where he scored with like 1.1 seconds left on the clock, he went in there. He had a hell of a playoff. He had nine goals and nine assists. He had 18 points in 15 games he produced. And then obviously fell back down to earth and, you know, got suspended again in the following season. But yeah, I mean, he's he's deserving of the recognition. He's deserving of everything that he's been given so far this year and all the limelight he's received because he's had a great year. He's on pace for 117 points. And that's included in the fact that he's missed a few games. So he's not even, you know, on a pace to play to get that many points in 82 games. It's in less than 82. So that's the biggest thing here for Nazem Kadri is it was just obvious that he would be the one voted in. And it's because, you know, he's receiving a lot of a lot of recognition. You know, this is not someone like, you know, maybe Devon Taves, who, yeah, he is receiving some recognition around the league, but is a little bit more under the radar with what he's doing this year and how exceptional it is, uh, which, again, is why I wanted him to make Team Canada to be on that national stage and really get noticed by the NHL in the world. But for Nazem Kadri, he is getting noticed. People are seeing what he's doing. People know he's in a contract year. Uh, that's another podcast that we'll have to do for another day talk two hours about how the avalanche fit him in for next season. But this is a guy that's receiving the recognition that he deserves this year. And it's coming to him from all over the NHL, right up there with Nathan McKinnon, right up there with Kale McCarr. Yeah. I really hope he wasn't, uh, I don't want to say snubbed because he made it ultimately, but I hope he wasn't overlooked for those initial spots in the all-star game due to his history, right? Because that shouldn't matter. You should really take him in a vacuum, right? I mean, it's what he's done this year is all that should matter because yeah, suspensions happen in hockey. It's a fast game and it's a it's a violent game and emotions take over. I mean, Gabe Landeskog's been suspended a handful of times. Nobody really throws stones at him for any of that. So um, I'm glad you know if you're it, absolutely positively looking at me right now and tell me that it didn't have anything to do with it. I'm glad, but I don't know how much I fully buy into that considering you know the way hockey just kind of works. Well, it goes as simple as this. Again, you have to have one player from every team. And then you have to have a captain and it's 11 guys, it's eight players. I think the last man in vote thing is really stupid. I think if you ask me, you should just have a team picked from the beginning and Nazem Kadri is that last spot. We don't have to vote him in. He's just automatically that last spot, but they like to do that. They like to knock off one guy, but hey man, Nazem Kadri deserves to go more than Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki, sorry. He deserves to go more than Adrian Kempe. He deserves to go more than Tristan Jari. He's having a great year in Pittsburgh as a goalie. He deserves to go more than a lot of these guys. But Nathan McKinnon was voted as the captain by the Avalanche. So that automatically, you know, as the Central Division captain, that automatically knocks the Avalanche. It gives them a check mark as their one representative that needs to go there. You're not going to snub Kale McCarr to put Nazem Kadri on there. So they had to, it was a, it was a lose-lose situation. You're either going to snub Kale McCarr and put Roman Yossi on there, or you're going to snub Nazem Kadri and put Kale McCarr on there. Like it was going to happen one way or the other. And it's because of the NHL silly, stupid rule that Nathan McKinnon mentioned where uh, this is not a participation award. You don't need to have a representative from every team. And then he went on to say exactly what everybody's thinking of, I didn't need to be there in 2017 when I was there for the Avalanche, which, by the way, he had a quote that year when he showed up. And this is courtesy of Chris Johnston. I remember sharing this and retweeting it a few years ago. Nathan McKinnon showed up to All-Star Weekend that year in 2017 before he broke out when the Avalanche were the laughingstock of the NHL. He got up on the microphone and said, I bet you guys weren't expecting to see an Avalanche player here. 
because even he thought it was stupid that he was there. So, you know, it's it's because of that rule. Because you have to have somebody from every team. Who's the guy going from uh, Arizona? Doesn't matter. He shouldn't be there, and it should have been Nazem Kadri all along. It should have been hell. Devon Taves ahead of him. Miko Rantanen's not even in the All-Star game. There's a lot of guys. It's because of the NHL's silly rules. It's because of the fact that you have four divisions, you know, rather than a Western Conference. Because if you have a Western Conference, then you can take four guys from one team. It's a little easier. But when you have an 11-team, 11 11-player 11 team, and eight teams that need to be represented, that only leaves three guys. And then you have the last man in vote, and that's a fourth guy. So it's it's really difficult because the Avalanche should have five or six guys there, no questions asked. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say about Miko Rantanen, definitely deserving to be there more than a lot of the names you see that are going. But, you know, the Avalanche are just fruitful right now in the in the all-star game respect, right? Don't forget Jared Bednar is going to be coaching as well. Yep. So, you know, I think maybe some guys are saying, how many Avalanche players do we really need? But, man, it would be nice to see Miko Rantanen in there too because he he's deserving of it. Hey, let me read you a stat line. 14 goals, 23 assists, 37 points in only 28 games. Who is that? 14 goals. Is that Miko? No. Miko's got more than that. That's Gabriel Landeskog. Ah. See, so that's the thing. Like, if this was a genuine all-star game, East versus West, like it used to be back in the day, and you're going to take the best players from each conference, Miko Ranton is going, Gabe Landeskog is going, Nathan McKinnon is going, Nazem Kadri is going, Kale McGar is going, and probably even Devon Taves. So there's your six guys, and the head coach is Jared Bednar. That's the way that's it should be. It should be just the Avalanche versus the Central versus the Pacific, <laughs> and then the Lightning versus the Metro versus, you know, at a, at a six-team tournament there. The Avalanche plus UC Soros in goal, Kirill Kaprizov <laughs> running shotgun with them, and Roman Yossi running shotgun with them. Uh, from the St. Louis Blues, Ryan O'Reilly's not even having that good of a productive season. Bring in somebody like Jordan Cairo or Ivan uh, Barbashev. Those guys are killing it this year. Those are the kind of guys that should be making it to the All-Star game. But, you know, in my opinion, it should be the East versus West format. And you want to have a representative from each team. You should have a representative from each team at the skills competition. The actual game should be reserved for the players that deserve to be there. So these guys like Adrian Kempe and whoever's going from Arizona, I think it's Clayton Keller and all these guys, they should be there to, uh, to participate in the skills competition to represent their team. The NHL is already bringing some other guys. They're bringing in Troy Terry for the for the shootout competition and things like that. And he's not going to play in the game. So it should be the exact same thing. But the actual game should be reserved for the guys that deserve to be there, not these guys. Yeah, that makes sense from a logical standpoint. Yeah. But we obviously know why they do it, right? They got to try to involve our, all markets because... Because the NHL is not logical. No, and, they, and they're, <laughs> they're begging for ratings here, right? It's, it's the All-Star game, which already struggles in viewership, I think, in the first place. And, you know, they just got to try to tap into as many markets as humanly possible in this one. I buy that if every market has a star. I understand in 2017, when the Avalanche are a garbage team, you bring in Nathan McKinnon. That's one of the top young players in the NHL, even though he was having a shit year, you still knew the Avalanche had something there. But what's Clayton Keller going to do for you from Arizona? Who's going from Dallas? I have no idea who's going from Dallas, but what are they going to provide for you? What's Adrian Kempe from the LA Kings going to provide for you in terms of rating? Is there somebody in LA right now thinking to themselves, I'm going to turn on the All-Star game because Adrian Kempe's there? <laughs> Come yeah, on. They would they would much rather watch a Miko Ranton or a Gabe Landeskog. Clayton Keller is, I guess, just a slight notch above a Tyson Jost, right? I mean, he's nothing amazing. <laughs> He, I mean, he should be a hell of a lot better than he is, and maybe he is when he gets out of there. I kind of see him as someone like Sam Bennett, who once he got out of the situation that wasn't working for him, he took off. 
But the fact is, he's still in that situation. And yeah, he's got 29 points in 37 games playing for a garbage team. But this is a guy that's scored 50 points once in his career. And it was his first full season in the NHL four years ago. I I don't understand. This is a guy that hasn't hit 20 goals since 2017-18. I don't understand the idea behind needing to have a player from every team for a rating standpoint. If the guy that's going from those other teams are guys like this, guys like Adrian Kempe, guys like, uh, let me go down this list, Drake Batherson for the Ottawa Senators, um, Rasmus Dahlin for the Buffalo Sabres. I understand he was a first overall pick, but people have forgotten about him. Uh who else is on there that probably shouldn't be on there? Jordan Eberly from Seattle. What's the point? It doesn't, it's not going to help you in terms of ratings. So here's the question. Does Nazem Kadri go into the all-star game with a chip on his shoulder and try to get in there and win the MVP and win the cash prize that the central has always uh, somehow not been a part of, or does he go in there kind of lackadaisical, the typical all-star, like I'm just here to skate around and, Smile for no, the you know, no, 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 no. He's embracing the moment. You know, he is. Nazem Kadri's a flashy guy. He loves these kind of moments, and he's, you know, deservingly so. This is a guy that you know, by the way, for the last two weeks, or however the hell long it's been, one week, he's kept it inside how pissed he is that he wasn't named to that, given the season he's had. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you he- know, one hundred percent, he gave a shit about that, and he was waiting for the last man in vote, and then he got his votes, and he said, "Yeah, I." I mopped the floor with these voters and, and, and I deserve to be there and I should have been there from the start. He's going to go in there. He's going to have a lot of fun. He's the kind of guy that would go into an all-star game and try harder and win something when for the central division, which like you said, they suck at it every year or uh, go in there and try to win an award. But you know, my favorite part is the fact that Jared Bednar is behind the bench and it's a three on three game. And you know, damn well, you're going to have shifts of McKinnon, McCarr and Kadri running circles around whatever team they're playing. And that's going to be a lot of fun, especially when you take into account that the avalanche are actually good at three on three this year. This is not something they've ever been good at. So it's, it's going to be really fun if you're an avalanche fan to go out there and watch these guys, uh, especially when they're skating circles around, uh, you know, Adrian Kempe and Drake Batherson and all these guys that probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, there's going to be an all-star. His, his ego is going to be damaged when Kale McCarr breaks his ankles in a all-star exhibition competition, right? I want to see Nazem Kadri at the all-star skills competition because he's the kind of guy that's going to show up there, especially if he's in the shootout. So they're bringing back the shootout from 2016, the one with the flash and the and the pizzazz and the ratings and all that, where you had Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. The costume contest, basically. Yeah. <laughs> when you had Alex Ovechkin and uh, Evgeny Malkin kind of uh, teaming up. And then you had the one, I forget which player it was that took his young son and like held him and let him skate up there. So then the following play, Brent Burns grabbed Johnny Goudreau and did the same thing with him. I love that stuff. And I'm so happy they're bringing that back and they're bringing Trevor Zegras from Anaheim to be a part of that. I want Nazem Kadri to be a bunch part of that because he's going to come out wearing his Ray-Bans, Gucci belt, and he's going to come skate circles with a fresh Lebanese fade. And he's just going to skate up there. He's he's going to enjoy the moment. Trust me. Believe you me. He's the kind of guy that's going to embrace this kind of thing. And deservingly so, given the season he's had. Have you seen uh, all over the internet people are making a bunch of skates with kind of the Air Jordan theme? They're redoing skates, putting leather over them, and l- making them look like a pair of Jordans. They should do a pair of Gucci's for, uh, for Nas. Just for that, he's, he's he's probably got them already on back order. They're coming. They'll be here by February. And do you remember when a, a KHLer lit his stick on fire for that same event in the <laughs> KHL? I don't. I hope they keep fire out of the out of the game there. 
Oh, man, that was hilarious. Uh, guys, well, DraftKings is back on board with us, and we got to talk about their new promo. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can still get in on the action of the divisional round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code MHS and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code MHS for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You know what's awesome, Arif? And I don't know why they haven't had us talk about this yet um, in those DraftKings reads, but in DraftKings, as long as you have a certain amount of money in your account, you can actually watch a lot of the games live through the DraftKings app. It's great quality, just like you would watch it on your phone on any other app. It looks great. So I'm surprised they haven't had us pitch that to the the customers as well. Yeah, I was reading about people talking about that a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, this is a very big thing, especially in a world where there are still blackout restrictions and local restrictions that are frustrating a whole of a, a hell of a lot of people, rightfully so, that this is maybe mar- something you should be marketing. And people would put money into their DraftKings account just to have that ability. Right. Absolutely. Blackouts still do apply there. You can't watch the Avs, but uh, Bummer. you know it's still an awesome little product there. I mean, you know, you got money on a random game like the Calgary Flames versus Arizona on a Tuesday night. Well, you can watch it. So I think it's a pretty awesome little uh, thing that they got going. But let's move on there. We're trying to make this a quick hit one, but you know how we do. We like to talk, so it's not going as quickly as I anticipated. But we got to get in the new schedule. It was announced this morning that the. Uh, time that was allotted for the Olympic break is now filled with the games that were missed during the little COVID break there in December. So um, why don't you get into that? What are we looking like? And, you know, it looks like the rest of the schedule isn't really impacted, which is something I like to see. Yeah, I was really happy to see that the NHL had to move, had to reschedule 98 games and move another 20 something around just to make do for these 98 games. So the Avalanche were originally scheduled to play the Arizona Coyotes on February 1st at 7 p.m. at Ball Arena, and that will remain the same. Now, here's where it gets interesting. They are going to have nine days off. Wednesday, the sorry, Tuesday the 1st through Wednesday the 9th, zero hockey after that Arizona game. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight full days off, nine games between days before they come back on the 10th of February at Ball Arena to play that game against the Tampa Bay Lightning that was pushed back way back on December 18. And then they're going to have two days off and play Dallas, Dallas, Vegas, Buffalo, Boston, Detroit, that road trip. And then they will continue on the 25th of February as normal to play the Winnipeg Jets. So, you know, exactly what we thought. The Avalanche during the Olympic schedule were scheduled to play on the 1st and 25th. They were going to have 24 days off in between for the All-Star game, which, by the way, is part of that eight days off is the All-Star break. So they were supposed to play have 24 days off between the 1st and the 24th. Well, now the seven games are in there. So with the All-Star break and, you know, 
call it a bye week, call it whatever you want. It's going to be a very easy schedule for them in February in total, because now you're going to have 10 games scheduled between the 1st and the 28th of the month. Not bad. And the fact that it doesn't ruin anything in March and April, which is already a busy schedule where you don't want to add anything to it, is good to see as well. March and April will be that sprint to the playoffs. February will be that time to recoup and and rest and recover. Yeah, I mean, it's just making up games that they already missed, but it's not exactly the easiest slate of games, right? I mean, you've got Tampa Bay in there, Dallas twice, which is, you know, hit or miss on any given night. We know how Vegas performs against the Avs. Buffalo can, ups, you know, kind of upset anybody on any given night. Boston, same thing, depends on what night you catch them. They're either a really good team or a team with a lot of holes. And then Detroit, another team that can surprise anybody. So it's nice that they're going to be well-rested going into that because it's not necessarily easy. But, um, yeah, I think they can just kind of proceed as normal, which is nice, right? They don't really have to make too many changes. They just kind of plop those right into their schedule and move ahead. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I noticed, so they were originally scheduled, which is staying as normal, to play home versus Winnipeg on the 25th and then at Vegas on the 26th. So they get Vegas on the back end of a back-to-back on the road. Well, the one thing that I noticed is that's going to happen 10 days earlier as well. They're playing home versus Dallas on the 15th and then going into Vegas on the 16th. So in the matter of 10 days, they're going to go into Vegas on the road on the back end of a back-to-back. Those are going to be two tough games. Yeah, absolutely. But the way they've been handling that second night of back-to-back, I can't really yeah. complain so far. So, But that, that one's going to be a little bit more challenging than, um, yeah. and of course... Than, than Buffalo or Detroit, yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course, we got a, you know, a head-to-head in a couple hours, right? I mean, we're recording right here before the Anaheim game, which they're going to Anaheim and then right into L.A. So there's a good way to gauge how they handle back-to-backs right there as well. Exactly, yeah. And they just got off of one with Arizona that they that they won. And then obviously the Seattle-Nashville game with the crazy too-many-men penalty at the end of that one. And then, you know, they beat Montreal on the back end of a back-to-back after losing to Toronto in the Jonas Johansson game. They beat Nashville 6-2 to on a back-to-back after losing in Dallas on Black Friday. So... They're doing pretty good. Oh, and I just noticed that the Buffalo Boston set is back to back there as well. So, which would it was initially scheduled to be in December anyway. So that that really doesn't change much either. No, no, no. That's uh, nineteen and twenty one. I see twenty two and twenty three. Oh, that's no, the no. the rescheduled date. I see. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's yeah, it's nineteen and twenty one. Those games are both surprisingly because. Uh, since you mentioned those games, Saturday the 19th, they're playing at Buffalo at 1 p.m. Eastern. So that's an 11 a.m. game on Saturday, February 19th. And then Monday, February 21st is President's Day, also an 11 a.m. Mountain Time game. Yep, a handful of matinee so games. So that's, that's, yeah, handful of mat- matinee games. Eight days before that on the 13th, you got Dallas at 12 p.m. Mountain Time. These are all road games, obviously, so... A lot of early games, obviously, Detroit, 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 7.30 Eastern. I'll be there for that one. So uh, it's going to be a fun time in February. I think this is this is good. You know, if you're not going to go to the All-Star game, nobody wants a long break. So this is good. Along with the back-to-backs and how they handle them, we got, uh, I guess, a little bit of assurance that we're going to be able to see the two goalies, the two main goalies in net during back-to-backs, right? We heard that Darcy Kemper is back on the ice and feeling good, which is something that not, not surprising to us, right? We really pumped on the podcast how it sounded like things were going to be okay we weren't we didn't want to say anything for sure but just based on the context clues that we were picking up after the game um it seemed like everything was fine and it sounds like it is it was a clear thing to me when when Jared Bednar was asked is it safe to assume that Darcy Kemper has a concussion he said no 
kind of like, no, nobody said that. I didn't say that. And then he, you know, spoke this morning about how Darcy Kemper was feeling fine in terms of not having the symptoms for a concussion and uh, was going to join the team on the road trip and start on Thursday. He's going to back up on Wednesday here. It's 6 p.m. Mountain Time right now when we're recording this. The game puck drop is in about two hours. Yeah, I mean, just great news because they just can't afford to have a goaltending injury right now, and especially with the heated up schedule that we're talking about. I mean, they they need all hands on deck, especially when it comes to uh, who's in net. So a sigh of relief, I guess, from all of Avalanche laying on that one, and let's just you know, knock on wood that both these guys remain healthy and keep playing the way they have been because they've been playing more than adequate enough for the Avalanche to win. I'm not saying that either of them have played amazing yet, and I think they still both have more to give, but um, they've been fine. They've been doing the job and and taking care of business. Yeah, and it's uh, you said they can't afford to have a goalie injury right now. They they. Can't have to. They can't afford to have a goalie injury at all this season. They no longer have a third string goalie. Their third string goalie is a guy in Eustace Annanen that we spoke in length about on Monday as a guy that you don't want to have to play in the NHL this year. So, Pavel Francouz has proven to be a good goalie so far. Darcy Kemper's picking up a little bit from where he, you know, was hoping to be when the season started. But again, we got two and a half months till the trade deadline. Plenty of time for these guys to. Uh, come into their own and and not have the avalanche, you know, go out and trade for another goalie if one of these guys are either hurt or not playing well. Yeah, well, I guess we did do a quick hit podcast, right? We're hitting right about where we, uh, right where our goal was. So uh, let's all get out there and watch these uh, back-to-back games here in California. It's got to be nice to do a back-to-back set in L.A., right? Because you don't really have to go too far to play uh, the Kings or the Ducks. Nope. You're just kind of in the same city, and it's a, a lovely city at that. So um, not feeling bad for the Colorado Avalanche right now. Let's see how they perform. Uh, yeah, that's all I really got for this podcast. Same here. You and me both. It's uh, slick and icy out there in Denver today, so shout-out to the Avalanche enjoying probably is another sunny and beautiful day in the California Anaheim LA area absolutely so uh yeah let's get out there enjoy the games we'll be back on Sunday to break down those two and the Montreal set at home or not set game at home on Saturday so um real quick gotta tell you guys about Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster but we already talked about them so much that everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton right sure Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer wine and spirits but did you know that they deliver did you know that they have curbside pickup available and did you know that they do online wine education classes if not it's time to get to know Total Beverage again stop by on 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan Westminster and see for yourself or you can always find weekly deals events and even drink recipes online at totalbev.com total beverage everything you need and more Arif how are you watching the game tonight how are you watching these two what do you usually do for road games NHL on TNT tonight and then uh, road game number two obviously Altitude I believe will have the stream for us which I have direct TV so I'll be watching that Road games are a bit of a mix and match for me. Sometimes it's a 5 or 6 p.m. local start where I say, I've been working all day. I'm going to go to the gym and just kind of listen to it in passing while I'm at the gym. But it's an 8 p.m. start. I've already gotten my workout in. We got a podcast in. I'm going to have some dinner. Look at that productivity today. I'm going to sit in bed and watch this hockey game and enjoy. Man, I just feel so sorry for anybody on the East Coast. I can't imagine how hard it would be to wait until 10 o'clock to watch a game. I mean, for me, it's hard enough at 8. I barely make it past the second period if I do. From the age of like 7 until the age of 26, that was how I was. Uh, 
you know how high school bell rings at like 7 15 a.m like it was very normal for me to go to bed at like 12 15 12 30 in the morning because it was a 9 p.m start like all the regular 7 p.m locals are 9 p.m eastern time and the 10s and the 1030s you don't get to bed till like 2 a.m sometimes i used to have to get up for work at like 5 a.m but then i moved to colorado in october of 2019 and now when the avalanche have a start past 7 p.m local i'm like god this is so late and then the younger me in my head is like you're such a little shit we did this for 25 years and never complained so (laughs) yeah it's it's a different ball game definitely yeah i've got a friend who lives out in miami he's a hardcore abs fan watches all the time he's texting me late at night after games saying whoa did you see that wow what a game by mccarr oh mckinnon's the greatest and i'm like go to bed (laughs) it's one in the morning tuesday in miami but i know we've We've got fans out there that are diehards and, you know, out there in Eastern Canada, even out in Europe, watching games way late into the night. So, I mean, Avs fans' dedication knows no bounds. We heard Jared Bednar talking about it on the radio this morning, just how fans live and die by every moment. And, uh, you know, it's it's fans like that that we love and appreciate because those are the guys that are listening to our two dumbasses talk about hockey on a podcast. So. We thank every single one of you guys. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us in this midweek Wednesday podcast, and we'll see you on Sunday. Don't forget, hockey's for everyone, and we got you.